This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. I want you to listen this morning and allow the Holy Spirit to just, just imprint your heart with the message of this song and the message that Brother Danny's going to bring. You know, and, and next week, next Sunday, we're going to be bringing our, 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 pledge, our pledge cards, our promise cards, rather. And uh, we're believing God for a great, great uh, 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 promise put in our hearts to support the work of God around the world in this year coming up. Amen? We're believing, listen, we're believing for, between our campuses for $100,000. You say, wow, that's a lot. That's a drop in the bucket. Amen? God owns it all. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Amen? So anyway, this morning, I want you to open your hearts, open your ears, and give a big Welcome to Brother Danny Johnson as he comes. Brother Danny, love you, brother. God bless you, man. God is good. God bless you, Brother Norris. Well, give the Lord a shout of praise. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Oh, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. And His mercy endureth forever and forever and forever and forever and forever. Oh, God is good. How many of you say that you love the Lord? Oh, I'm so glad you're here today. I love you. I honor you. I bless you. But especially our pastors. Humble and appreciate Pastor Norris. Pastor Sidney. Amen. To God be the glory. Great things He's done. Great things He's doing. And great things He's going to do. I'm ready to preach. I'm ready. I'm talking about dogs, bark, birds, chirp, and I don't get to. Hallelujah. But guess what? I'm going to. I'm going to preach the word. But the Lord just drops something in my spirit to say this. If God said it, He will do it. If He spoke it, it will come to pass. You better get ready because we are living in the days of fulfillment. Every word, every promise, every prophetic utterance that's been spoken over you individually and you collectively, you better get ready because these are the days of fulfillment. But I can't see it. It doesn't matter. I can't feel it. It doesn't matter. I can't understand it. It doesn't matter. Because if God said it, guess what? That settles the issue right there. In the month of September, this past September, I was in the state of Texas. And I was ready to preach. I was just chomping at the bits. I was like a horse ready to come out of the gate. And I was standing up ready to preach. And a lady stood up, she said, can I say a word? And, and I was ready to preach, Brother Norris. And she wanted to talk. And I turned to the pastor, and the pastor said, please let her talk. I 
said, well, what is it, honey? She said, I just want to say one thing. I said, well, that's all you get, just one thing. What is it, honey? She said, the last time you were here, you called me up to the front. You said, sister, would you come up here, please? She said, I stepped up there in front of you. When I stepped up, you just stood there. restoration restoration in nine days God's gonna answer one of your prayers and I've got a word for you pastor church you better get ready because this is your time this is your season of restoration and God's about ready to answer some of your prayers but I said in nine days God's gonna answer one of your prayers well she was saying but what's it all about well, the days went by one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. She wasn't counting the days, but they were going by. But on the ninth day, she got a phone call from her daughter. She had not talked to her daughter in over 20 some odd years. When her daughter was in college, her daughter was rebellious, rambunctious, kind of like some of you were. Come on now. And she had a falling out with her mother. Her mother was a strong, born-again, spirit-filled believer. But the daughter was quite the contrary. And so for 20 years, they not talked. And she did not know in the natural if her daughter was dead or alive. But by the Spirit of God, she knew she was still alive. But she did not know where her daughter was living. But she gets a phone call. And when she answered the phone, she said, Hello. And the voice under that said, Mama, Mama, she knew it was her daughter. Mama, will you please, please forgive me? She said, Baby, I forgave you 20 years ago. She said, Mama, I'm grown now. Mama, I'm married now. And now I've got two daughters of my own. And they were in college, and they're both rebellious and stubborn and belligerent and obnoxious, kind of like I was. And I was saying to myself, Mama always told me about Jesus. And I need my mama. And I need my Jesus. Mama, can I come see you? She said, darling, as soon as you can. Well, the next Sunday, guess what? The daughter came. Her husband came. Both daughters came. And all four got saved. Come on, shout amen. I'm talking about restoration. 
and I don't know what you've gone through, what you're facing, what you're dealing with, but I got a word for you. You better get ready. You better get ready because he said, not me, but he said, and I will restore. Everybody shout restoration. Now that was weak, looking, and pathetic. Come on, try it again. Restoration. Whoa, I believe it. What about you? Well, glory to God. Glory to God. God is so good. Hallelujah. Well, how many have your Bibles with you this morning? Why don't you just hold up your Bibles? Or your iPads, your iPhones, whatever you got, just hold them up high and make the devil mad. Come on now. I want you to say this after me, please. Say, I'm a warrior for the Lord. With my two-edged sword. I'm armed and dangerous with the Word of God. Devil, I'm a victor. You are a victim. And the case is closed. Amen. Would you turn with me, please, this morning to two different openings. First of all, to the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Mark, chapter 16. Mark, chapter 16, one verse of Scripture, verse number 15. And after that, we're going to look at Romans, chapter 10, verses 13 through 15. Again, that is Mark, chapter 16, verse 15. And then Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15. Here in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, the Lord Jesus is speaking to the church. And he said these words. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now Romans chapter 10, Verses 13 to 15. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be saved? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Beloved, I want to minister for just a few moments, or as long as it takes, along these lines. The heartbeat of our God is for missions. I said the heartbeat of our God is for missions. Missions, come on, say that word. Missions, say it again missions heavenly father we thank you for your word your word is life-giving your word is life-changing and father i believe that today because of your word we will never be the same again we thank you now we bless you and all of god's people said together amen that sounded good you better say it again amen I said the heartbeat of God is for missions. Missions, it's for souls. Let me ask you a couple of questions. How many of you would say, I've got a heart for souls? Anybody? 
How many of you love the lost? Come on, talk to me, church. How many of you love the Lord? Oh, we better try that again. How many of you love the Lord? Well, our Lord Jesus said this. And if you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. He did not say, if you love me, raise your hand. He did not say, if you love me, shout amen. He did not say, if you love me, begin to shake, rattle, and roll. But he said, if you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. And my friends, his commandments are not optional. We're to keep his commandments. Now, what are the commandments? There are many, but notice one of the commandments. I read it to you. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus said, to go ye into all the world. Now when he said that to go ye into all the world. Literally he could read like this. You go into all the world. Now he was not talking to just the apostles. The prophets. The evangelists. The pastors. The teachers. The missionaries. But he was talking to the church. You say, but how can I go into all the world? I'm a painter. I'm a plumber. I'm a baker. Oh, come on, church. It doesn't matter. He said that we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel. When it comes down to the bottom line, what is it, beloved? Some went, but guess what? Others sinned. If you can't go, you can help those that's been called to go. Because the heartbeat of God is for what? Missions. Come on, shout that again. Missions. And I'm asking you the question, can you hear the heartbeat of God? Can you hear the heartbeat of God? What is the heartbeat of God? He spoke to Isaiah saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? The Lord Jesus spoke to his church to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel the apostle Paul wrote to the church, how shall they preach except they be sent? We're to go. We're to go into all the world. And remember this, two-thirds of God's name spells what? Go. And the first two letters of gospel is what? Go. We're to go into all the world and preach the gospel. You say, why is that? Because beyond these four walls, there's a world that's broken and battered and bruised. Beyond these four walls, there's a world that's doomed and damned and dying. Beyond these four walls, there's a world that is lost and undone. And one day, this is called the Great Commission. To go into all the world, that's the Great Commission. But I'm looking for that day when that Great Commission is going to be known as the Great Completion. But until that time, we, like the apostle Paul of old, we are debtors to do our part to send the gospel around the world. Beloved, I'll mark it down again and again. I'll cry it again and again. I'll shout it again and again. The heartbeat of God is for missions. And I've had a heart for missions for over the past 46 years. For the past 46 years, I was a young man at the time. I'm still young now. But at that time, beloved, I was only 22 years of age. And I went on my very first missions trip. To, as Pastor mentioned, I went to the Dominican Republic, the Republic of Dominicana, the DR. I went to the Dominican Republic, and I thought I was going to be there for two weeks. But guess what? God changed my plans. Has God ever changed your plans? Come on, talk to me, somebody. 
And so I went there for two weeks and I stayed for 10 months. I could do it back in those days. You say, how's that? Because back in those days, I was single. I didn't have a wife, so therefore I had no bills. Come on now. I love all you ladies. Come on now. But anyhow, I went there for two weeks and I stayed for 10 months. But during that period of time for 10 months, God helped us. And I was part of a missions team. And in that 10-month period of time, God helped us to raise up five churches in Santiago, in Nagua, in Porta Plata, in Constanza, and in San Pedro de Macaris. And four of those churches are still going today. One church was wiped out by a hurricane and they merged with another. But it's not the building, it's the people. And those churches are still going and growing today for the glory of our God. But ever since that time, I've had a heart for missions. Missions, because missions is the heartbeat of God. And over the years, I've had the honor, I've had the privilege of getting to know and meeting and personally acquainted with many great soul winners, many great missionaries. One of my dear friends, his name is Morris Plotz. Morris Plotz is from Lake Charles, Louisiana. And Morris Plotz, he stood about six foot eight and a half, almost six foot nine. He was a big boy. Come on now. Did he play basketball? No, better than that, honey. He was a missionary to the nations. Come on now. But he took the early retirement in his mid-50s. Because God was saying to go, to go, to go. He said, Lord, I'd never gone before. But Morris Platt said, what do I do? He said, Lord, tell me what to do. He said, I want you to go to Africa. But Morris Platt's a big man, a big tall man, six foot eight and a half. How many of that's kind of tall? Come on out. Now, they did not call him Shorty. Come on out. But he had a call upon his life. And guess what? You've got to call upon your life. We've got to be committed to the calling for the commission. Come on, church. And so Morris Plotz, he went to his denominational leaders. He said, I've got a call to go to Africa to be a missionary. They said, you are too old. You are in your mid-50s, and we don't believe you're going to make it. We don't believe you have the get-up-and-go to go to Africa. But guess what? He went without their approval. He went there without his support. And Mars Plotz went for that big, tall man in Africa. They called him Bawanatimba, which means Lord Elephant. Come on now. <laughs> but just a few years later, he came back to the States, and this time, the denominational leader says, you know I think you're going to make it because when he finally came back, he had started over 200 churches and he raised one of the greatest Bible college in Africa called East, E-A-S-T, East Africa School of Theology. They said, hey, I believe we're going to get behind you at Mars Plots, and they did. But guess what? He said, it doesn't matter if you do a dome. He said, God is my supply. God is my source. He is El Shaddai and not El Chivo. And I've got to go on the inside of me, and I'm not going to be stopped. But guess what? He kept on going until his mid-80s for the glory of Almighty God. Come on, shout amen, somebody. One of my dear friends is with the Lord now, Charles Greenaway. He is from here in Sweet Home, Alabama. And Charles Greenaway's wife, Mary, they went to Zaire, which is normally known, formerly known as the Belgium Congo. And Charles Greenaway, almost by himself, he literally evangelized all of the Belgium Congo. 
And he was beaten. He was mocked. He was persecuted. But he won thousands upon thousands to the Lord there. And as they beat him and they mocked him, I could hear the words of Charles Greenaway saying, You can taunt me. You can torture me. You can beat me. You can burn me. But with my last breath, I'm going to tell you that Jesus is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Amen. And this great friend of mine, he made these two statements popular. People have used them around the world for many years. But Charles Greenway was original with him when he said this, where God guides, God provides. And Charles Greenway also said this. He said, the will of God will never lead you, for the grace of God cannot keep you. And guess what? It did for him. My friend, I'm so thankful for people like this. I'm so thankful for my dear friend Sam Sasser out of California. And Sam Sasser had a call to go to the Marshall Islands to be a missionary. And when Sam went to the Marshall Islands, only roughly 5% of the Marshall Islands were Christians. But when Sam finally went on home to be the Lord, over 90% of the Marshall Islands were all Christians. Why? Because he had a burning heart. He had a burning fire shed within his bones. He said, I'm going to go and go and go and go and go until he comes. Well, guess what? Sam Sasser, he was originally, he lived in California before he went, before he went, he was originally from Kentucky. And today, Sam Sasser's body is, built on a, is buried on a lonely hillside of Kentucky. But not his heart, because he was there for almost 50 years in the Marshall Islands. And he had a request. He says, I want my heart, my physical heart, to be buried in the land where I served. I want my physical heart to be buried there. And one of the servants of the king says, he said, your honor. He said, oh king, we've got a request from somebody in the states. And they want his heart, his physical heart, to be shipped over here, to be buried here in this land. He said, we cannot honor some request like that. That's out of the question. He said, but you don't understand what do you mean? The one who's making the words is Pastor Sam. And the king had been born again. And so the next day, the king of the Marshall Islands, he took his plane and flew to Kentucky and picked up the natural heart of Sam Sasser and flew it back to the Marshall Islands. And today in the real cemetery, there's only the bodies of the kings and the queens, but also the heart of Sam Sasser. I'm talking about missions is the heartbeat of Almighty God. Come on, shout amen. And when you get involved with the heart of God, he will get involved with that which is upon your heart. It's going to make a big, big difference. I could talk about so many more. I could talk about my friend. He's with the Lord now, Mark Bentain. Mark Bentain, 68 years ago, he wanted to stop off. He doesn't stop off to visit a friend in Calcutta, India. His friend was sick at the time and and this friend said to Mark and his wife, Holder, could you stay for a few weeks? Could you stay for a month or two maybe just to help me to get, I get back on my feet? Well, guess what? Those few weeks turned into almost 50 years because Mark Buntain, he hung a lantern there in Calcutta, the doorpost of hell. And there he's won literally millions to the kingdom of our great God. Come on, shout Amen. And the first time that I met Mark Buntain, he was preaching here in Montgomery, Alabama. 
And I was asked to pick him up at his hotel. And I went there to pick up Mark Bentain. And we began to talk about everything. I said, tell me, Brother Bentain, what is going on there in India? He said, we're seeing thousands upon thousands saved. But also we're feeding every single day. We're feeding a quarter of a million people every day throughout all the parts of India. How much ever bought somebody's lunch? Come on, have you? Well, guess what? He was buying lunch for them every single day. A quarter of a million people. He said, yes. He said, we're believing God to raise up partners to supply the food bill for a day. Well, I was young and crazy and you know, didn't know what I was saying. And I said, Brother Buntain, I said, uh, I'll supply the need. I'll pay for the meals for one day. He said, wonderful. He said, will you write a check now or sooner or later? I said, well, Brother, how much is it? He said, it's 25000 a day. I said, I'll be sending it to you. Come on now. <laughs> But I did, and I preached there in Calcutta. I preached at his great church he raised up. It's called the Mark Bentay Memorial Church in Calcutta. What is Calcutta? Calcutta is known as the disease capital of the world. Calcutta is known as the world's largest slum. But I've been there. Why do I go to places like Calcutta, India? Because missions is the heartbeat of Almighty God. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Yeah. I remember my dear friend, he's with the Lord now, Brother Morris knew him. Dr. Lester Summerall, Brother Lester Summerall. And I'll never forget years ago in 1994. I've been preaching nonstop for about a month, day in and day out. I was not, here wasn't at this time in my 40s, you know, early 40s. And I just said, I can't take it. I just, I said, I can't take it. I can't take it. I can't take it. And I came through customs in Beijing, China. And when it came through customs, there was Brother Lester Summer. I was standing there in his mid-80s. And I said, I can take it. I can make it. I can take it. I can make it. And the last year of his life, that great missionary statement, he crossed the Atlantic over 50 times to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because, my friend, these great men I've talked about, I'm talking about people such as Charles Greenaway. I'm talking about Sam Sasser, Morris Plotz, Lisa Summerall. Why? Because these men, they knew something we need to get a hold of like never before. What is it? That missions is the heartbeat of God. Come on, shout missions is the heartbeat of my God. You see, it's not just for these men I talked about. Not just these men, but great men and women of God that I've known through the years and I know even today. Some of our friends of, you know, the years past, recent years, my dear friend Bud Wright, but went to Brazil, him and his wife, Jan. I taught her yesterday. She said, hello, hallelujah. But I'm talking about they went there about 35 years ago with nothing, more nobody to preach to. But 35 years later, that ministry, but is with the Lord now. But Jan is still going on for God. And they've got literally hundreds upon hundreds and hundreds of churches and hundreds of Bible callers throughout all of Brazil. Why? Because they got a whole of the truth that missions is the heartbeat of almighty God and not just that but I've got friends today time doesn't permit for me to talk about all of them but I got so many friends today on the mission field working for the king of kings I'm talking about my dear friend Paul Chase 
in the Philippines who's he's going nonstop to see that great nation come to Christ. I'm talking about my dear friend Terry Mize for many years. He's been a missionary to the nations for 52 years. He's still going nonstop for the glory of God. My good friends Ed and Jenny Cook in Nicaragua. Ed went to the mission field when he was in his 60s. He's still going for the glory of Almighty God. My dear friend John, his wife Joyce Hanson, I've been with them many times in Haiti. They went to Haiti 48 years ago as a young man or a young woman, 22 years of age, and for 48 years they preached the gospel throughout all of Haiti, and they raised up over 300 churches. They've got the best Bible college in all of Haiti. I'm talking about they've got over 300,000 people that look to them as pastor. Why? Because John and Joyce Hanson, they got a hold of something. What is it? That missions is the heartbeat of God. Come on, shout amen. Another great missionary. I really didn't know him, but I had the honor of meeting him one time. And guess what? On December the 7th, he got promoted to heaven. Oh, the late, late, great Reinhardt Bunky. I'm talking about ever there was a man of God who loved souls. It was Reinhardt Bunky. He said the first time he went to preach in Africa, he could not even gather a crowd of five or ten people, and they didn't really hear him. But the last time he preached, he preached over one and a half million people there in Africa. That man, he led over 78 million people to the Lord. You say, why well, over? Because they got 78 million decision cards. But he sent much more than that guy saved who never signed a card. Why? Because men like this, women like this, they know something. We need to know what is it. It is missions. Everybody shut it again. Missions is the heartbeat of God. Turn to the neighbor and say, we need to hear the heartbeat of God. Come on, tell them. We need to hear the heartbeat of God. Come on, tell them. Oh, can you hear the heartbeat of God? What is the heart of God saying? The heart of God is saying this, ask to me, and I shall give to the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. What is the heartbeat of God saying? Put in the sickle for the harvest is right. What is the heartbeat of God saying? He's in multitudes in the valley of decision. What is the heartbeat of God saying? He's in lift of your eyes, look to the fields for the white under harvest. What is the heartbeat of God saying? Work while it is day because the night cometh when no man can work. That's my introduction. Let me ask you a question. How many of you want to do something big for God? Come on, church, talk to me now. I said, how many are you going to do something big for God? You can. How can you do something big for God? By having a heart for souls. For, by winning the loss, by being a fisherman. How can you do something big for God? By having a heart for missions. You said, but why should I get involved? Because the heartbeat of God is for souls. Because Jesus gave us a commandment to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Because we are our brother's keeper. Because for God so of the world that he gave his only begotten son. Well, that's great. But what about me? Let me say this. If you get involved, how do you get involved? As you pray 
that the Lord sent forth laborers around the world. But how much can you get by, by your giving, by your giving, by your giving, by your giving? I'll never forget, it's almost 21 years ago, the last time that I saw John Osteen. I saw Brother John, and I was out in Houston, Texas, and saw Brother John, and oh, what a great man of God he was. At that time, they just finished that sanctuary where they were. At that time, that sanctuary seat 8,200 people. His son's got a bigger sanctuary now. But at that time, they just completed that big sanctuary, 8,200 people. And I said, Brother John, it's wonderful. You know, Brother John was not a very tall man like Morris Plotz. He was a shorter man. Come on now. And I said, I said, Brother John, it's wonderful. And I see him now. He went, Can you like he but yes? And I said, How did you do it, Brother John? How did you do it? He said, Brother Danny, it's all paid for. It's all paid for. It's completely, completely, completely debt-free. He said, This building is paid for. The educational offices are paid for. The other buildings are all paid for. We're debt-free. I said, How did you do it? He said, Mission missions missions he said from day one as pastor of this church he said we would give 50 percent of all the income that came in the church we would give it to missions and i was saying wow wow i give but my god wow and he said son of me i'll never forget he said, Brother Danny, never, never forget what I'm going to tell you. Now, when somebody of that caliber speaks, guess what? You listen. What was he going to say to me? Brush your teeth. <laughs> Remember the floss. Come on now. Early to bed, early to rise. No. I mean, but a man of that caliber, he said, Brother Danny, I just want to say something to you and never, never forget. He said, and I want you to tell everybody this. And I mean, I mean, that's better than E.F. Hutton speaks. Come on now. And I said, what is Brother John? He looked at me. He said, never forget this. That's what this. He said, God will always. Everybody shout always. always. God will always. Come on, shout it again. Always. always. Not hit and miss. Not once in a great while. But he said, God will always. always. He said, God will always abundantly bless those who will give and obedience to missions let me say it again i can, i got the words of that great man of god written down every one of my bibles in fact this bible right here is written down he said god will always abundantly bless those who are given what obedience to missions he said i want you to tell everybody that i want you to tell everybody that i want you to tell everybody that and church over the years since that was 21 years ago he went to be with the lord and as I've shared on missions before the years, and I've told people that, God will always abundantly bless those who give obedience to missions. Guess what? Those who gave, God abundantly blessed them. God abundantly blessed them. God abundantly blessed them. I was in Knoxville, Tennessee, and we're talking about missions one night. And I said, if you'll obey God, if you'll obey God concerning missions, if you'll obey God concerning missions, God will abundantly bless you. How many of you believe that? Come on, church. Let me ask you. How many of you believe if you'll obey God concerning missions, he will abundantly bless you? Come on now. I said that night in Knoxville, Tennessee, I said if you'll obey God and you're giving concerning missions, God's going to abundantly bless you. There was a little single mama there by the name of Pam Osmond.
and Pam was 24 years of age. And she was a single mom with four kids. I mean, when she was 16, she got pregnant. Come on now. Dropped out of school, and she was never married, but she lived the same man all those years. Now, Pam Osmond had four kids. And this is in November of that year, in 2009. And I'll never forget, I said, obey God. Well, Pam Osmond, guess what? She was a single mom. Didn't have an education. She dropped out of high school in the ninth grade. Come on now. I mean, never had a job because she's always barefoot and pregnant. I mean, she had no education. She had no job. And she gets saved in the summer 2009. And she comes home that day to her, not husband, the man, the father, the four kids. And she said, well, you know what? I'm happy. What's so happy about you? I gave my heart to Jesus Christ today. Jesus is Lord. He said, well, I tell you what. There can be two men in your life. It's either Jesus or me. What's it going to be? And she said, well, you haven't been that good to me. I think I'll choose Jesus. Come on now. Well, guess what? He leaves her and never shown up since all these past 11 years. Come on now. Oh, yeah. But Pam, I mean, she was in that apartment for about a couple of months. She finally gets kicked out. But Pam was going to church every Sunday and every Wednesday, every Sunday and every Wednesday. I mean, she was going to church every Sunday and every Wednesday. I'm talking about it. She couldn't find a full-time job because she was a stay-at-mom home with four kids. But guess what? She had no job. She gets kicked out. She has no home. And one of the people in the church says, Pam, we don't have much room, but you can carve yourself a place in the basement for your kids. We have no room upstairs in the, in the bedroom, but they can find a place in the basement. So Pam and her four kids move in the basement of this home. He has no job. He has no home. And that man left, and he took the only vehicle they had. So no job, no home, no car. And I said that Sunday, I said, if you'll obey God concerning missions, he is going to abundantly bless you. Well, before the service that morning, somebody gave Pam $100. Now, she'd work an hour here, a day here, an hour there, two hours there. But Pam was faithful in her tithes and offerings. But still, she needed something full time. Because how many hour here, an hour there won't cut it with four kids? Come on now. And so before the service, somebody said, Pam, I just want to bless you and help you. And gave for a $100 bill. Well, she goes across the street to the convenience store. How many of you shouldn't buy food at convenience stores because the price is jacked up? Come on now. And so, I mean, she goes across the street with a $100 bill, and she buys a box of crackers and a couple of things, and she spends $7. She comes back, and I show up. And I said, if you'll give for missions, if you'll obey God concerning missions, God is going to bless you. And Pam had been tithed. She worked a whole day here, and she made tithe $5 here, $10 there, $2 here. And I said, if you'll obey God concerning missions, he is going to abundantly bless you. How many of you want to be abundantly blessed? Come on, talk to me, church. And I said, obey God. And the Lord spoke to Pam and said, I want you to give for missions. And Pam looks in her purse, and she had $93 left. That's what you have between her and whenever more is coming in. That's all she had to her name. And uh, it's okay, Lord. And Pam was saying, well, I'll give a dollar. I'll give two dollars. And she pulls her bottle down and looks in there. And the Lord says, my daughter, I want you to give it all. Oh, God. Oh, God. I got four children, Lord, and we've got nothing. We have no home. We have, I don't have a job. I don't have a car. God, he said, I want you to give it all. He said, do you trust me? Yes, my Lord, I trust you. But, Lord, this is too much. But, my Lord, 
Can I give a dollar? He says, I want you to give it all. But my God, he said, do you believe I will bless you, my daughter, if you love me? Yes, Lord. Bu, 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 bu. You ever got the bu, 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 buts? Come on now. I mean, God says, give a certain amount of missions. You said, bu, 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 bu. but guess what? Pam husband gave the $93. I didn't know that. I didn't know who she was. And we were about ready to wrap things up. And I walked over to her. I said, stand up, honey. And she stood up. I said, I said, what do you need? Well, I said, be specific. What do you need? And she said, I need a car. I need a job. And I need a place to live. The people, they knew who she was been coming there for about four, five, six months now. Well, she said, I need a car. I need a job and a place to live. Well, when she said that a man in the bank stood, he says, young lady, when the service is over, I want you to come see me. And when he said that, another man shouted up, and after you see him, I want you to come see me. Well, guess what? Service is over, and Pam walks over there and says, yes, sir, what can I do for you? No, honey, I've been watching you for the past few months to see if you really meant what you were doing. I could see you want to serve God. You need a car? Yes, sir. Here. And he gave her the keys. At that time, it was a brand new 2009 Lexus. Come on now. Oh, yeah. He said, if you're here Wednesday, I'll give her the title to it. Yes, sir. He goes, sees the next person and says, you need a job? You need a place to live? Yes, sir. Well, I own several storage units all in Knoxville. In each of the units, there is a two-bedroom furnished apartment. And my manager, one of them, they just left to move out to Texas. I need somebody to take over that spot to be a manager. If you want it, the job's yours. And it comes with a two-bedroom furnished apartment. Come on, shout amen. Oh, yeah. And so that night, Pam Osmond, she drove to her new home with a new job in her brand new car. Come on, shout amen. Oh, can I tell the rest of the story? A couple of years later, guess what? A man started coming, a young man who lost his wife in a car wreck. He fell in love with Pam. Pam fell in love with him. Guess what? They got the rights. And the, 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 the father, the kids, gave up his parental rights. And guess what? He and Pam, they got married. Hallelujah. Oh, you see what happened? God will always, come on, shout always. God will always abundantly bless those who will give in obedience to what? To missions. Everybody shout missions. Mission. Come on, shout it again. Mission. How about just give me five more minutes? Come on, any more? Anybody? Five, 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 five. I was in the Dominican Republic, as I said, for two weeks and I stayed for 10 months. Got back in 1995 and I was an evangelist traveling all over the place. I preached everywhere, man. I preached everywhere. But in 1996, the Lord says, son, why don't you go to Bible college? I said, I don't, I don't want to go to Bible college. I said, I said, Jesus is coming soon. I said, I got better stuff to do than to go to Bible college. I got to be out there preaching the gospel. I want you to go to Bible college, son. And I said, where? I was thinking about going maybe to Rhema at the time. Or I said, I'm going to Southeastern. Where my, my dear friend, hallelujah, brother Steve Vickers went to Southeastern. I was talking to Steve. He says, well, I'm down to Southeastern. Why don't you come? I don't know. And I prayed about the Lord. He says, I want you to go to Southeastern. And I said, Lord. I said, I'd love to go. But guess what, Lord? He said, what? I said, Lord, I'm broke. Do I get a witness? Have you been there before? Come on, talk to me, somebody. Hallelujah. 
And I'll never forget, I said, Lord, I'll go, but I have no money. I've got no money. I've got no money. Have you ever been there before? Come on. And so here was on a Wednesday, the week before Bible college started there. And on that Wednesday, I went to the mailbox. I was standing at my mama's house with the mailbox. And guess what? There was a check for $100 in there. Woo! Come on, shut Yeah! Woo! And I go to church that night at Evangel Temple. And there was a missionary there. Come on now. His name was Ron Peck. And the pastor said, uh, he said, uh, he said, why don't you just obey the Lord concerning missions given and watch what God would do for you. I said, Lord, I want to give the missions, but Lord, I've got to raise some money. I'm going to Bible College next week. And you see, at that time at Southeastern Bible College, you had to have $2,000 a semester. I put my kids through college. You know, you know, Virginia Tech and Liberty University, it costs more than $2,000 a semester. Come on now. Well, this is about way back yonder. Come on now. In the Stone Age. Come on now. And I said, Lord, I would love to give. But Lord, I said, I need $2,000 a semester. The first $1,000 when you enter the first class upon enrollment. And the last thousand dollars get a pay before you do final exams. I didn't have two thousand. All I had was what? A hundred dollars. And the Lord says, Son, if you begin to obey me concerning this, watch what I'll do. I said, Okay, Lord, I will, I will. You know, and I said, Yes, Lord. And I put that in you know, here there's the offer pipes coming back. I just had you got plan B. Woo! You said, you must have felt good. Not necessarily. <laughs> but I obeyed God. You say, hell would say, don't do it. How many have ever heard hell tell you that? Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. You're a fool if you do. Well, guess what? I'd rather be a fool for Jesus than a fool for the world. And I put the $100 in. I just signed the check, just endorsed it. And I put it in the offering container for the man of God for missions. That was Wednesday night. Guess what? Woo! I went to the mailbox the next day. Glory to God. Woo! Guess what was in the mailbox? Nothing. <laughs> Woo! But guess what else though? But I went the next day. Woo! Glory to God. I went the next day on Friday. Guess what was there on Friday? Nothing. And here was on Friday night. Friday night, back in those days, you know, I didn't have a date, and I didn't want to go to the club. <laughs> Come on now. And so here was on Friday night, I was rolling around. I was at home, and the Lord says, Son, I want you to go to the Friday night women's Bible study at Evangel Temple. I said, Lord, the Friday night women's Bible, there's a bunch of blue hairs here. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, a bunch of old saints there. Come on now. And the Lord says, go, son. I said, well, maybe they'll bring their daughter. Maybe they'll bring their granddaughter. And I, yeah. And I said, maybe, oh, maybe they'll be a good-looking sweet mama there. Come on now. Oh, yeah. Come on, let's get real. Come on now. And so when they're finding out women's Bible study, and the one doing the leading Bible study, her name was Fran Harrison. And uh, Fran was, you know, it was probably about 25, 30 women there, you know, and but I was wrong. I mean, they didn't bring the daughters or the granddaughters. I was just sitting there. I was the only man in the crowd. I mean, with a bunch of ladies, you know, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s of age, sitting there. And I said, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? What am I doing here? And Fran was teaching away, and she stopped. She said, folks, there's somebody here tonight that has a need, an urgent need.
Trust me. I'm not going to say who they are, but trust me. And I want you to give your very, 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 very best tonight because they've got a need. The Lord told me they've got a need. I want you to bring your offering to the front here. And they brought it to the front. She counted it right there in the spot. It was seven, 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 seven hundred seventy-seven dollars And then when she counted, she said, Danny, God said you're going to need. This is yours. Woo! Almost got raptured away. Come on, shout him out. Yeah! Woo-hoo! And I was sitting there saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory to God. I was getting happy. And by that time, a lady sitting right behind me tapped me on the shoulder. And uh, I turned around. Some of you may have kn- maybe you knew her. She's a little older now. Dr. Mary Ralph. And Mary tapped me on the shoulder. And she said, I don't turn, she said, Danny, are you at liberty to share with me what the need is? And I said, well, yes, Mary. I said, um, the Lord willing, I plan to go to Bible college. Now I'm believing for the financial wherewithal to go. She said, well, God will supply the need. I said, I believe it too. Well, about three or four minutes later, guess what? She tapped me on the shoulder again. Turned around. And this time, she stuck a check in my face. It was a check for $1,000. And she said, that's not all. But God told me every month, not every year, but every month in Bible college, I'm going to send you $1,000 a month. Come on, show it him out. I'm still taking correspondence courses today. Come on up. <laughs> but guess what? I'll bless the man of God, Ron Peck, the missionary there. When I had a big need myself, but like the words of the late great John Osteen, God will always, everybody shout always. God will always abundantly bless those who are given what? Obedience to mission. And I say this, I know this is Missions Month here. The focus is upon missions and missions giving at this great church. And I would ask you this, consider what you will do next week. Consider what you do, because beloved, we've got a commandment from the Lord. And Jesus said, if you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. And it's not just reaching the lost here in America. But when you see people all around the world, the Japanese, the Chinese, the Vietnamese, the Dutch, the Swiss, the Brazilian, the Colombian, the Zulu, the Swahili, the Amgali. We just see them all around the world reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because, beloved, guess what? One day, he's coming back. And guess what? He's coming, and I'm going. How many of you plan to go as well? Come on out. And one day, beloved, we're all going to stand before the Lord. He's going to say, whoa, I blessed you. What did you do about my blessings? Buy another suit, another dress, uh, another pair of shoes. Did you buy another Rolex? Romex? That's the off-brand going on. Did you go here, go there? Did you spur to this? Or did you keep my command? See, when I stand before him, I want to hear him say to me, well done, thy good and faithful servant. 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 Because when I stand before him, I want him to know that I obeyed him and give him to missions. And I can say this of a truth right now. 
God has blessed us. We give our tithes. Every single time offering is given to us. We tithe. Also, we give an offering every time. And also, we give to missions. Amen. Hallelujah. There's something about me. I saw a seed every single day of my life. I saw a seed. Probably got a hundred different envelopes, you know, already stamped of it. As God speaks to me, I saw a seed every single day. But especially, I got friends around the world, missionaries, missionaries, missionaries. And beloved, guess what? When they stand before the Lord and they are rewarded because of that, guess what? You're going to be rewarded as well because they went. But guess what? You sent. And my friend, know this because you got involved, your reward is going to be great. Everybody shout, I believe in God for a great reward. Can somebody shout, Amen? Would you stand up, please, everybody, right now? Would you stand, raise your hands and begin to praise Him? Raise your hands and begin to praise Him. Hallelujah. Raise your hands and begin to praise Him. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And right now, out of your heart of hearts, I want you to say, Lord, I'm going to do my part to be a woe, Lord, to do my part for missions. Come on, church. I'm going to pray for the lost around the world. I'm going to pray that God will send forth labors throughout the world. And as God speaks to my heart, I will obey him in my giving, oh God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Thank you, Lord, how you bless so many men and women of God around the world. Hallelujah. God, I'm rejoicing today as I look back, as you've allowed me to go forth to Canada, to Mexico, to Minigram, Papa, to Haiti, to India, to China, Japan, to Nicaragua, to Holland, around the world, preaching the gospel of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm thinking about this right now. Over 78 million people, Reinhardt Monkey, the great missionary, led to the Lord. And the majority of those are now already in heaven, already in heaven, because he preached the gospel for over 50 years. But I can see it right now, Brother Norris. Then when Reinhard Bonke, that great missionary statesman, when he entered heaven. Yes, I believe the first one he saw was our Lord Jesus. But I believe also as, as he looked around Jesus, there were literally millions upon millions and millions that were saying, thank you. Thank you for caring. Thank you for sharing. Because of you, we're here. Let me ask you a question, church. On that day when we enter into the glorious rewards of heaven, will there be anybody there who look at you and say, thank you because of your giving, I'm here. Because of your giving, some of us have to go forth and preach the gospel. Once again, when I stand before my Lord, I want to hear him say to me, well done, thy good and faithful servant. My command was to go into all the world and you obeyed. My friend, I'll say it again. Maybe you can't go, but you can send. Can somebody shout at me? Before it changes gears very quickly, we're not going to have a formal altar call when I lay hands upon you because that's not been the message of the day. But still, our God, our God's a powerful God. 
And if you're here today and you need to receive healing in your body, just raise your hand. Healing your body. Yes, 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 yes. Father God, in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, I pray right now that you just ministry healing to them. Your healing anointing, your healing virtue will come forth and destroy every yoke of sickness, every yoke of disease, every yoke of pain. Father, I believe for complete healing and health and physical restoration in their body. Can somebody shout amen? amen. You say, can God still heal? Yes. Just a number of weeks ago. Keep letting the music keep on playing. I like that. But just a couple weeks, just a few weeks ago, I woke up and I was that close to dying. I had a massive heart attack. They got to the hospital, yes, I had a massive heart attack. But on top of that, they checked me out. I had two major blockages in my heart. But guess what? I'm back. <laughs> I said, Devil, is that the best you got? I said, devil, you try to stop me, but guess what, devil? You don't have the stopper. And I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on going until he comes. Come on, shout amen. amen. I'm going to keep on going until he comes. I went back for a follow-up, and my cardiologist said, Danny, he said, I saw we had heart problems 12 years ago, and I saw the damage that was done there, and I saw the damage that was done here just a number of weeks back. He said, but now look at the footage of the x-rays, the film. He said, I can't even find where any damage was ever, ever done to your heart. Come on, Sheldon. But I was that close, that close to slipping over. But I said, Lord, he said, son, he said, you're not going anywhere yet. You've got a lot more to do for me. Hallelujah. As Pastor mentioned, one of our upcoming trips, I plan to go a lot of places. Trying to go to Pakistan, trying to go back to India, trying to go back to, uh, to Haiti. Should have been there the first week of January, but I had to put it in a hole. I had a good reason. Come on now. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.